Book Two, Chapters Twenty Six Through Thirty, of Against Juvenianius by Saint Jerome. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. As for the parable of the sower, which makes both good and bad ground bear a triple crop, and the passage from the Apostle in which Christ, as the foundation, one man builds gold, silver, costly stones, another wood, hay, stubble, the meaning is perfectly clear. We know that in a great house there are different vessels, and to wish to contradict so plain a truth would be sheer impudence. Yet that Jovinianius may not triumph in a lie and quote the instance of the apostles by way of discrediting the hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold, let me inform him that in Matthew and Mark a hundredfold is promised to the apostles who had left all. And I would tell him further that in the Gospel of Luke we find much more, that is, polypleona, and that there is absolutely no instance in the Gospels of a hundred standing for seven, and that he is convicted either of forgery or of ignorance, and that our cause is not prejudiced by the fact that in one Gospel the enumeration begins at a hundred and another at thirty, since it is the rule with all Scripture, and especially with the older writings, to put the lower number first and so ascend by degrees to the higher. For instance, suppose one to say that so-and-so lived five and seventy and an hundred years, it does not follow that five and seventy are more than a hundred because they were first mentioned. If you do not, on the side of good, admit the difference between a hundred, sixty, and thirty, neither will you do so on the side of evil. And the seed which fell by the wayside upon the rock and among the thorns will be equally faulty. But if the former three or the latter three on the side of good or on the side of evil respectively are one and the same, it was foolish instead of speaking of two things to enumerate six kinds. And all the more because according to the account of the parable in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Savior has always added, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Where there is no deeper inner meaning, it is useless to draw our attention to the mystic sense. If you give it your opinion that since the Father and the Son make their abode with the faithful, and since Christ is their guest, nothing is lacking, I suppose, however, that Christ's abiding with the Corinthians was one thing, with the Ephesians another. It was one thing, I say, for him to abide with those whom Paul blamed for many sins, another for him to dwell with those to whom the apostle revealed mysteries hidden from the beginning of the world, one thing for him to be in Titus and Timothy, another in Paul. Certainly amongst them that have been born of women, there is not arisen a greater than John the Baptist, but the term greater implies others who are less, and he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You see then that in heaven one is greatest and another is least, and that among the angels and the inv invisible creation there is a manifold and infinite diversity. Why do the apostles say, Lord, increase our faith, if there is one measure for all? And why did our Lord rebuke his disciples, saying, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? In Jeremiah also we read concerning the future kingdom, Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. And soon after I will put my law in their inward parts, and in their hearts will I write it, 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them. The context of this passage clearly shows that the prophet is describing the future kingdom, and how can there possibly be in it a least or greatest if all are to be equal? The secret is disclosed in the gospel. Whosoever shall do and teach, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall teach and not do shall be least. The Savior taught us at the feast to take the lowest place, lest when one greater than us came, we should be thrust with disgrace from the higher place. If we cannot fall but only raise ourselves by penance, what is the meaning of the ladder at Bethel, on which the angels come from heaven to earth, and descend as well as ascend. Surely while on that ladder they are reckoned among the sheep and stand on the right hand. There are angels who descended from heaven, but Jovinianius is sure that they retain their inheritance. But when Jovinianius supposes that the many mansions in our Father's house are churches scattered throughout the world, who can refrain from laughing? Since Scripture plainly teaches in John's Gospel that our Lord was discoursing not of the number of the churches, but of the heavenly mansions and the eternal tabernacles for which the prophet longed. In my father's house, he says, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will receive you unto myself. And where I am, there ye may be also. The place and the mansions which Christ says he would prepare for the apostles are, of course, in the Father's house, that is, in the kingdom of heaven, not on earth, where for the present he was leading the apostles. But at the same time, regard must be had to the sense of Scripture. I might tell you, he says, that I go to prepare a place for you. If there were not many mansions in my Father's house, that is to say, if each individual did not prepare for himself a mansion, through his own works, rather than receive it through the bounty of God. The preparation is therefore not mine, but yours. This view is supported by the fact that it profited Judas nothing to have a place prepared, since he lost it by his own fault. But we must interpret in the same way what our Lord says to the sons of Zebedee, one of whom wished to sit on his left hand, and the other on his right. My cup indeed ye shall drink, but to sit on my right hand, and on my left hand, is not mine to give, but it is for them for whom it hath been prepared of my Father. It is not the Son's to give. How then is it the Father's to prepare? There are, he says, prepared in heaven many different mansions, destined for many different virtues, and they will be awarded not to persons, but to persons' works. In vain, therefore, do you ask of me what rests with yourselves, a reward which my Father has prepared for those whose virtues will entitle them to rise to such dignity. Again, when he says, I will come again and will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He is speaking especially to the apostles, concerning whom it is elsewhere written, that as I and thou, Father, are one, so they also may be one in us. Inasmuch as they have believed, have been perfected, and can say, the Lord is my portion. If, however, there are not many mansions, how is it taught in the Old Testament correspondingly with the New 
that the chief priest has one rank the priests another the levites another the doorkeepers another the sacristans another how is it that in the book of ezekiel where a description is given of the future church and of the heavenly jerusalem the priests who have sinned are degraded to the rank of sacristans and doorkeepers and although they are in the temple of god that is on the right hand they are not among the rams but among the poorest of the sheep how again is it that in the river which flows from the temple and replenishes the salt sea and gives new life to everything we read that there are many kinds of fish why do we read that in the kingdom of heaven there are archangels angels thrones dominions powers cherubim and seraphim and every name which is named not only in this present world but also that which is to come a difference of name is meaningless where there is not difference of rank an archangel is of course an archangel to other inferior angels and powers and dominions have other spheres over which they exercise authority this is what we find in heaven and in the administration of god you must not therefore smile and sneer at us as is your wont for making a graduated series of emperors prefects and counts tribunes and centurions companies and all the other steps in the service it is mere trifling to quote the passage know ye not that your bodies are a temple of the holy ghost for it is customary in holy scripture to speak of a single object as though it were many and of many as though it were one and jovinianius himself should know that even in a temple there are many divisions the outer and the inner courts the vestibules the holy place and the holy of holies there is also in a temple kitchens pantries oil cellars and cupboards for the vessels and so in the temple of our body there are different degrees of merit god does not dwell in all alike nor does he impart himself to all in the same degree a portion of the spirit of moses was taken and given to the seventy elders i suppose there is a difference between the abundance of the river and that of the rivulets elijah's spirit was given in a double measure to elisha and thus double grace wrought greater miracles elijah while living restored a dead man to life elisha after death did the same elijah invoked famine on the people elisha in a single day put the enemy's forces in the power of the city which they besieged no doubt the words know ye not that your bodies are a temple of the holy ghost refer to the whole assembly of the faithful who joined together make up the one body of christ but the question now is who in the body is worthy to be the feet of christ and who the head who is his eye and who is his hand a distinction indicated by the two women in the gospel the penitent and the holy woman one of whom held his feet and the other his head some authorities however think there was only one woman and that she who began at his feet gradually advanced to his head Jovinianius further urges against us our lord's words i pray not for these only but also for those who shall believe on me through their word that as i father in thee and thou in me are one so they all may be one in us it reminds us that the whole christian people is one in god and as his well-beloved sons are partakers of the divine nature we have already said and the truth must now be inculcated more in detail though we are not 
one in the father and the son according to nature but according to grace for the essence of the human soul and the essence of god are not the same as the manichaeans constantly assert but says our lord thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me you see then that we are privileged to partake of his essence not in the realm of nature but of grace and the reason why we are beloved of the father is that he has loved the son and the members are loved those namely of the body for as many as received christ to them give he power to become sons of god even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god the word was made flesh that we might pass from the flesh into the word the word did not cease to be what it had been nor did the human nature lose that which it was by birth the glory was increased the nature was not changed do you ask how we are made one body with christ your creator shall be your instructor he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me and i in him as the living father sent me and i live because of the father so he that eateth me he also shall live because of me this is the bread which came down out of heaven but the evangelist john who had drunk in wisdom from the breast of christ agrees herewith and says hereby know we that we abide in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit whosoever shall confess that jesus is the son of god god abideth in him and he in god if you believe in christ as the apostles believed you shall be made one body with them in christ but if it is rash for you to claim for yourself a faith in works like theirs when you have not the same faith in works you cannot have the same place you repeat the words bride sister mother and affirm that all these titles of the one church and names applied to all believers the fact goes against you for if the church admits but one rank and has not many members of one body what necessity is there for calling her bride sister mother it must be that she is the bride of some the sister of others the mother of others all indeed stand on the right hand but one stands as the bridegroom another as a brother a third as a son my little children says the apostle of whom i am again in travail until christ be formed in you do you think that the children are being born and the apostle who is in travail are of equal rank and the folly of your contention that we love all the members alike and do not prefer the eye to the finger nor the hand to the ear but that if one be lost all mourn is proven by the lesson which the apostle teaches the corinthians some members are more honorable others excite the sense of shame and those parts to which shame attaches are clothed with more abundant honor whereas our comely parts have no need of our care do you think that the mouth and the belly the eyes and the outlets of the body are to be classed together as of equal merit the lamp of thy body he says is thine eye if thine eye be blinded thy whole body is in darkness if you cut off a finger or the tip of the ear there is indeed pain but the loss is not so great nor is the disfigurement attended by so much pain as it would be were you to take out the eyes mutilate the nose or saw through a bone some members we can dispense with and yet live but others life is an impossibility some offenses are light some heavy 
It is one thing to owe ten thousand talents, another to owe a farthing. We shall have to give an account of the idle word, no less than of adultery. But it is not the same thing to be put back to the blush, and to be put upon the rack, to grow red in the face, and to ensure lasting torment. Do you think I am merely expressing my own views? Hear what the Apostle John says. He who knows that his brother sinneth a sin not unto death, let him ask, and he shall give him life, even to him that sinneth not unto death. But he that has sinned unto death, who shall pray for him? You observe that if we entreat for smaller offenses, we obtain pardon. If for greater ones, it is difficult to obtain our request, and that there is a great difference between sins. And so with respect to the people of Israel who had sinned a sin unto death, it is said to Jeremiah, Pray not thou for this people, neither entreat for them, and do not withstand me, for I will not hear thee. Moreover, if it be true that we all alike enter the world and all alike leave it, and this is the precedent for the world to come, it follows that whether righteous or sinners, we shall all be equally esteemed by God because the conditions of our birth and death are now the same. And if you contend that there are two atoms, the one of the earth and the other from heaven, and that they who are in the earthly atom stand on the left hand, those who were in the heavenly are on the right hand. Before we go further, let me ask you a question concerning two brothers. Was Isu in the earthly atom or in the heavenly? No one doubts that you will reply, he was in the earthly in which was Jacob, without hesitation you will say, in the heavenly. Now then, was he in the heavenly when Christ had not yet come in the flesh, Christ who was called the second Adam from heaven? You must either reckon all before the incarnation of Christ in the old Adam, and even the just in the man from the earth, and then they will be on the left among your goats. Or, if it be impious to give Isaac the same place as Ishmael, Jacob as Esau, the saints as sinners, the last Adam will date from the time when Christ was born of a virgin, and your argument from the two Adams will not benefit your sheep and goats, because we have proved that in the first Adam there were both sheep and goats, and that of those who were in one and the same man, some stood on the right hand of God, others on the left. For from Adam, even until Moses, death reigned over all even over them that had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression. End of Book 2, Chapters 26-30